Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after. And this is Day After Dynamite, and I am Will Washington. I am your, I guess, dad here on Dad, and I, we do this every Thursday. You may notice we're about an hour early this week because uh, my wife reminded me that we need to leave for the airport in like two hours. And so I thought, you know what? We should probably move this show back. That would make sense. But hey, friends, you know I'm never alone here on this show. But this week, I've got one of my favorite guests. For those of you who have known me a long time, you know that I've collaborated with this guy pretty much since I started podcasting. And that's not uh, an exaggeration. Literally, when I decided back in 2005 to start podcasting, uh, I, I have really been doing this since 2005, right? Um, the first person I asked to co-host with me, and we co-hosted for two years together, is Mr. Anthony Scats. That is me. Uh, yeah, we started back in 2005, and I have a question for you from that time. Uh, what's a podcast? <laughs> That's literally what he said, by the way, when I said, uh, hey, you want to do a podcast together? It's not like podcasting had like, really taken off at the time the way it has now, but uh, or even as it did like just three years later. But this was like the early genesis of podcasts. Oh, yeah. We were like the first, not the first podcasters, but we were probably like second or third. I want to say that there were only two other wrestling podcasts running at that time. One of them doesn't run anymore. One of them still is. But like yeah. we were really early in on it. And 
so, and that was literally his question was, what's a podcast? <laughs> so, Do you think people actually know what the origin of the term podcast even comes from anymore? I had, because... a, co- I had a co-worker who literally didn't. When I, I made the joke about not having an iPod, and he goes, wait, that's the pod and podcast? And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's that, that, that's where that comes from. Yeah, And it's going to get worse because they're uh, discontinuing iPods. I think is it this year or next year? I think that uh, that was a new story. Yeah, that, yeah that's, like they're just uh, the, officially killing it off. So it's even going to be more like archaic of a term. Well, it's funny too because when I brought up the iPod to my daughter, she went, "Did you mean iPad?" And you're just like misspeaking. And I was like, "No, I said iPod. That's a thing." And she looked at me like I was crazy. She didn't know what an iPod is. So it's it's. It is funny that this is like where we are. I remember you and I, that was one of the things. Like, I, the funny thing is, we podcasted uh, 17 years ago, but I've known you for over 20. And so. Yeah. <laughs> As you tweeted the other day, which thank you for that. It was very sweet of you because it was my birthday on Sunday when I saw the New Japan Strong tapings in Philadelphia, which were a hoot, by the way. Yeah. But I, yes. I, I got to do those earlier this year in LA. I went to uh the the strong taping where swerve debuted and yeah yeah, those are a lot of fun yeah i would if anything i know this is dynamite but if i could give one bit of advice to everyone listening if there is a new japan strong taping that is near you go to it it it's like four and a half hours rips right by they give you a quick intermission for bathroom breaks or snacks it's fantastic i i have a lot of fun with them uh and i had a lot of fun there so i'm glad you got to spend your birthday doing that that's that's cool um well, friends, I want to remind everybody that if you have any uh, comments, join us in our chat. Uh, I'm reading it right now, and we're, we'll bring up your super chats, your humper chats. You help support what we do here on Fightful Overbooked uh, and, and Fightful in general. If you want to send us a humper chat, that's at humperchat.com. Or humperchats.com. And uh, I now have – it is no longer a thing anymore. The whole will doesn't have access to humper chats. Not a thing. You know why? Because I've got it all squared away. I can always get to the Humper Chats now. I'm never going to miss out on Humper Chats. So if you got any Humper Chats, send them our way. Uh, and they don't take as much of a cut with the Humper Chats. So uh, we can't bring those up on the screen, but we can read them, and they really do help support. But if you want to send your Super Chats our way, uh, that's over YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Uh, but what we're talking about here. It's last night's dynamite and everything to come from last night's dynamite. Uh, okay, so and the, so the funny thing too is, uh, so I see Ace Shock asked, "Did Brian Alvarez tweet out the ratings or no? No, you're just thrown off, right? Because you're used to this show starting right around the time ratings come out. Ratings don't come out for another hour." But... No, yeah, Will's doing me a favor as an East Coast was like, "Get this out of the way early." Kind of like Wrestling Observer Live, where it's like you won't hear that shit until after. Thank God, because the last thing I think any of us want to talk about are ratings related um, to this show. Well, we'll see. I mean, so, I have a hunch as to how they did. Uh, I think the first hour probably performed fairly well. Um, and I'm guessing that the second hour was right up against the start of game one. Of uh, nine, Yeah, that would have been nine o'clock, I think, Eastern. Uh, I think that was nine o'clock Right, Eastern? yeah, that was when. Yeah. Uh, well, so game one of the, uh, the Mavs and, um, and the Warriors started right around the second hour, the start of the second hour. So uh, they'll start at 9 o'clock. So we shall 
see how the show fared in the second hour. But you can tell. Uh, I, I have a feeling that they, they structured the show around knowing that people weren't going to be as into the second hour. I kind of did, too. I <laughs> yeah. kind of really did, too. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, I think both series go four games. That's my... Uh, really? My... Yes, I actually I, think so. I, uh, no, I can't... The Warriors won... I... Luka is too good that I have to give them at least a game. And the Mavs were down 2-0 to the Suns. I love Jimmy Butler. I know, but I, I, miss I also him. feel like the Suns blew it. I that Oh, was... they did. They did. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Paul got run ragged, and it clearly showed, and the whole team seems like there's some internal stuff going on. It's internal, as Monty Williams said, about DeAndre Ayton and stuff like that. But they blew it. But yeah, um, and, uh, no, I, I mean, and honestly, I think that I, I don't know. <laughs> the for, both game, both game ones were such like bad blowouts that I looked at it like, you know what? I think this is uh, Jimmy Butler's year. Um, and oh, I, I, I hope so so much. <laughs> like, I, as a Sixers fan, I missed I missed Jimmy Butler literally the moment that he was gone. And the Sixers signed 32-year-old Al fucking Horford to pretend he was not a center and have one of the worst offenses with the Sixers ever, ever, literally ever. I, I, those, I don't want Al Horford going to a final. Um, for those who don't know, there. Anthony Scats, by the way, uh, Philadelphia 76ers fan. Um, and... <laughs> yes, I'm dead inside. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it was a decent season. And... Uh, it was a decent season. Uh, it it was decent enough in the sense that they finally did get off of the Ben Simmons drama. I felt like it was hard for me to get into the season uh, up until that was settled because it didn't feel like it was actually the team. Then it became the team, and then we saw the team. Mm. James, James Harden, eh? That's um. <laughs> Oh, I mean, look, oh, I, on, honestly, I, I, I've said pretty much from the time, even when they were facing the Nuggets, I thought this was the Warriors uh, playoffs. Like, really, it just felt like it has been. And uh, you know me, I start, yeah. I, I always root for who eliminates the Nuggets. That's the only thing I can do. <laughs> and so it's uh, almost kind of a crime that the two of us, well, me, a Sixers and Bede fan, you, a Jokic Nuggets fan are kind of like. Co like are coming together in unity for something because we're like I know, we're not right? supposed to like each other. That's like no. Twitter rule. That's NBA Twitter I, rule. I know. Speaking of which, Ricardo the Mark says just some love for Will and Anthony. Thank you, Ricardo. Uh, and uh, our friend B Rob uh, says, hey! buy me a three hundred dollar picture frame." Uh, I'm already getting one frame, but uh, that one up there of the Mastodon concert, I went limited edition foil. That was nearly 300 and then to the side there is a Tyler, the Creator one that was not as much money, but also custom frame from when I saw him in Philly at the Call Me If You Get Lost Tour. I have way more of those around here. By the way, uh, Heat and Six. Th that third quarter was such an, an aberration. I can't imagine that happens again. But Heat, heat and Six. Heat I and hope six. Heat and Six. Come okay. on, Jimmy. Get, the, get it. Get it, Jimmy. <laughs> make, right. me feel, make me feel again. So... We are talking about Dynamite from last night. Dynamite kicked off. Uh, we didn't have to spend much of the show speculating because the show started off with the Owen Hart Foundation Memorial uh, Men's Tournament 
quarterfinal, Samoa Joe going up against the Joker. Who was the Joker going to be? We all had our speculation. Could it be Cesaro? Could it be Miro? Could it be Johnny? Yes, but <laughs> but not the Johnny that we all hoped it was going to be. And I honestly hope that this just turns into a bit where for the next year, we just start bringing in people named Johnny, but it's not the Johnny everybody <laughs> thinks it's going to be. Because, um... uh, let's see, there's John Johnny Elite. I will say genuinely surprised. I was not expecting that. Um <laughs> There's Johnny Ace. I'm sure. I mean, he's relevant now. I'm sure he. You could bring him back. Dudes with Starby, Darby Allen, Johnny Ace. Dudes with attitude. The skateboards. Huh? 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 I think bringing in like John Bradshaw Layfield, and then like, <laughs> like honestly, that... because that crowd lost it, but you know they thought oh, yeah. it was Johnny Gargano. The... I, I kind of, I think you're right. Though I do think the crowd was still pretty happy with they were still happy seeing with, him too. They were still happy with what turned out to be Johnny Elite. And you know what? Even when the name Johnny Elite came up, I think they still thought, oh, you know, Johnny Wrestling, you know, Johnny Takeover. He why wouldn't he be Johnny Elite? <laughs> and yeah. so it was they, uh, <laughs> they like read the graphic and like it was like first name Johnny, yay, Elite. Eh, 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 no, I think eh? they were still like yeah, yeah, Johnny Elite! And then, <laughs> and then John Morrison hits the stage now, Johnny Elite, and he... Uh, I mean, honestly, I would have gone with Johnny Dynamite um, just because, like, he, he all of the names, the origin of these names come from Johnny Nitro, right? That he right. has introduced Eric Bischoff's protege on uh, Monday Night Raw, and he named himself Johnny Nitro and came out to the Monday Nitro theme for those who weren't watching back in 2004. Um, so the thing is, I feel like he wasn't Johnny WCW, he was, or Johnny Championship, he was Johnny Nitro. So, like, I I think that Johnny Dynamite would have worked here a little bit better than Johnny Elite. I, I I think as long as you make it a reference to the company, and I, I kind of love that he has that ongoing running joke. Even in the uh, Retromania wrestling video game, he's known as Johnny Retro. Yeah, uh, it, it, I think it's just cute to just have that going for him. Um, as for the match, um, hmm. Well, I I have a question. Let's we'll start with the question. Sure. So, uh, I have a little bit of a a qualm to make with the Joker concept here because all of these people, all seven individuals in the tournament, all had to qualify for it. We went through, um. Uh, what was months? It, 14? Yeah, we went through 14 qualifying matches to get here uh, to see seven individuals on each side and then the Joker. So, like, I felt like anybody we brought in, my thinking going into all of this was, and, and I had talked to people in the company who thought the same thing, which was the idea behind somebody being in these matches should be somebody who's at least, like, qualified enough to justify them not having to have qualified to get into the tournament. Okay. I, I don't disagree, but I also think if you do it by that standard, you kind of really need to, you need to kind of really have a really, 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 really big name 
to justify that to bring in. And honestly, well, AEW's probably signed so many of them at that, <laughs> this point that, like, I don't know who you could that would actually develop, that would actually deliver on that. Um, I don't, I don't disagree with that logic, but I also think it, it adds an element of surprise that I think helps with the weekly TV show of like, who's it going to be? Who's and that buzz kind of went throughout the last week or two. So right. on that yeah, level, I, mean, I think because like because because honestly, like you take Miro for example, who was a super long reigning TNT champion, had multiple defenses. Uh, last time we saw him, he was in the finals of a tournament. Like that's somebody who could have qualified now. Um, the, as the story goes, uh, Miro is, uh, presumably occupied at the moment. Um, Sean Ross Sapp, of course, hinted, uh, uh, yesterday that he's heard, uh, that Miro's not even in the country right now. Uh, so, um, Yeah, he posted, um, he posted pictures of him in Bulgaria, I think with his family, not too long ago, as well. So, so I, as far I, as the... Where's Miro stuff? Like, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea, to be honest. I was hoping it was Miro, but, uh, so as far as the match was concerned, it went about the way I thought it was going to go. Once it, once Johnny was announced, I thought, okay, so Joe's winning. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of figured Joe was winning too. Um, I would probably say that it, I, I don't dislike Johnny Elite at all. I, I, you know, sometimes I think he's hit and miss. I think this was a time where missed the 450. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was, I think, a match where it's like if you if you think Johnny Elite is a bit too choreographed in a way, or like it, it seems too much like a moves match. I think this was probably the worst case of that, where it seemed like he's a little slow to get to stuff, a little slow to pull stuff off. They kind of just seemed a little bit out of sync in, like, Joe's going one way and he's trying to go the other way a little bit. And and then there was, like, moments where, you know, he's trying to do the dive to the outside and the camera's literally right on John as he's, like, waving to Joe, like, this way, this way, move, move. It's like, yeah, that was, it was, I found that a little rough. But at least the crowd was pretty into it in a way that I think, or at least I thought they were. Um, to yeah, where it's no, like, I, they, they, I mean, so first off, how's my audio? Did it ever fix or is it still? Working? Yeah, you sound a bit, you sound a little bit better, but sorry about that. Yeah. You were chopping up a little bit. Okay. No, that's, bad. that's fine. Uh, so, um, I mean to tell all my day after time, I guess if you hear it that way, everybody hears it that way. I don't know okay. what is up with StreamYard. It just does that sometimes. So just tell me because otherwise we're like stuck. <laughs> so, okay. I wanted to be courteous and um, use the private chat feature, <laughs> sir. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the chat, and everybody's saying it in the chat, and so oh. uh, I'm like, okay, I should obviously fix that. Uh, so, first off, Houston. Houston is such a great crowd. Uh, I, I had be applauding for them. They did great. They were great. I had tweeted earlier in the day that Houston was a great crowd last time they were there. I believe they were there August 18th of 2021. Um, and You're going to know more than me reason I remember that is because CM Punk debuted August 20th, right? So then that would make, uh, and that was oh. Friday, and it was the Friday before CM Punk debuted. So therefore, I know it was August 18th. Uh, but that was the show that had Sammy Guevara versus um, Sean Spears, and the crowd was way into that, and also the Sammy Guevara. That was, match was great, too, actually, now that you mentioned it. I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, that was a really great match, I remember at the time, too. 
Yeah, and then there was also the Sammy Guevara proposals on that show as well. Uh, but <clears throat> the but that also had the Jericho. Uh, you know, Houston was the crowd you could count on to do the acapella of Judas. So like Houston is already a proven great crowd for Dynamite. This show actually outsold that show. So uh, oh, really? with that one being a a packed crowd, this was an even more packed crowd. Uh, who was there to to be a hot audience for AEW Dynamite. And yeah, pretty much from the start, they were into this. There was Joe's Gonna Kill You chance, but then Let's Go Johnny, Let's Go Joe. Uh, and uh, and Caden in the chat uh, was apparently there. So uh, looking forward to your feedback on this. He noted that the crowd began to turn on... Once Maki was the Joker, people around me were pissed. Um, well, I <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a coincidence. So was I. Well, I will say... Uh, I Athena was kind enough to do a Twitch stream like an hour <laughs> before the show and tell really? people, hey, That's... I'm like four hours away from that arena. It's not me. Oh, <laughs> like, that's very nice of her like, i couldn't even stop this twitch stream and go do it and then like her cat me out and she's like you just heard my cat in the background so i'm not like secretly <laughs> backstage at dynamite pretending that i'm doing a twitch stream like not me guys uh and... that'd be a hell of a job though it's like yeah i brought my cat on the road to could be even more convincing <laughs> well and, and uh, people started to kind of figure out it was maki ito maybe like a week ago because uh of her japanese Dates all seem to have a gap in them um, that seem to occur right around right now. And then all of a sudden she had all these American dates that were popping up where it's like, oh, she's working this indie show, this indie show. And it's like, hmm, this all seems to be occurring right around the time that uh, she is or that AEW has a Joker person appearing. Wouldn't it be interesting if it was actually Maki Ito? So, yeah, I think people kind of knew. Uh, yeah all this time that that's who it was uh and so talking about this match though this gets a c from me it was uh it because like johnny did wasn't was a surprise um did pop the crowd and but ultimately this was joe's match to win and joe did get the victory yeah, I would probably say, I don't know if it'd be cheating to say a strong C or to try to put, there's levels to this, but uh, I would probably go with like a C as well. Like a strong C, maybe a light B just because of the crowd. But yeah, I, ju I just did not think they really gelled that well at all. And uh, it, 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 even just from the jump where it looks like Joe's going for a collar and el elbow tie up and Morrison goes with a forearm and they just seem to walk around for like 30 seconds, like, okay. The, the chemistry like, wasn't quite there for these yeah. two. Um... And so they mentioned it was the first time that they ever had a match together, which uh, I don't know if that's accurate, but I'm presuming it is. And it, it probably showed. But um, I mean, uh, yeah, I can see how I figured you like... just remember it at this point. I mean, bro. I don't remember them ever being in a ring together in any capacity, but uh, I would be curious to see um, if that ever occurred in any way, shape or form. Let's see. Uh, they were in a Royal Rumble together, and that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so first time, pretty much. Yeah, first time, pretty ah. much. Uh, other than that, that these two had never shared a ring. Um, and so after the match was over, uh, there was a post-match, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh run down, and then they are run off by uh, the trio of 
Chuck Taylor, Taylor, and Beretta. Uh, yeah, Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Romero. So it's yeah, and then later on we find out that Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta are going to be Rapungi Vice going forward in AEW. Uh, yeah, and they announced later in the show that I think they're facing FTR. They challenged uh, FTR. Uh, the... Was that for Rampage or was that for next week? I, I think they were just I, – I, that might be double or nothing. I think that that was like a challenge they were just issuing uh, because it's not on Rampage this week. Um, and I think that was just a straight-up challenge. Yeah, unless I missed something, it did feel pretty odd that they were running in to help Joe unless I missed uh, yeah, something on a did, Rampage. You did miss Rampage where uh, – they had like them and Orange Cassidy had like they did. Did you see the whole? Oh, the gift, right. Orange Cassidy raising his hands up to Satnam Singh and then. Bring oh, him you know down. what? Yeah, that's even more inexcusable for me because uh, that actually was at the Philadelphia taping. But I, <laughs> my phone, but my phone. Hold on, my phone was pretty much dead at that point, and I just figured after the Joe match that was it. So I was like, I'm just gonna get beat traffic and head on out of here. So I actually missed that live. But that's even more embarrassing because <laughs> yeah. I do remember that happened at the yeah. Philly taping where I was more or less – not front row, but like the, the seating were, level. Seat. I was yeah. pretty close. I was – I almost vanity searched myself on the YouTube shows to see if you could see me just like hooting and hollering because I, I, I could have been on camera. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. uh, that's – they've had a thing. Like this is yeah. just out so of Yeah. So my apologies. Way. Yeah. Uh, and so – uh, Young Bucks confront the Hardys. Um, this is stuff that's really been going on BTE for a while. They actually had a really good promo on BTE, and I feel like somebody said, okay, that was good. We need a condensed version of that on Dynamite of basically Matt Hardy went on a rant about the Young Bucks and them being cosplay versions of them, and uh, it was great stuff. Uh, Matt Hardy posted it to his Twitter, and I feel like somebody said, okay, we need that on TV, but like, in 30 seconds. <laughs> so yeah. I think since it's obvious, they're probably doing something at double nothing. I think the road to double or nothing video package they do on this match is going to be tremendous. Like, uh, I, I mean, there's I'm a looking for, because yeah. now that Tony officially owns the ring of honor footage, like there's stuff you can do with uh, past matches uh, going back to 2017 with the bucks and the Hardys. Um, there's cool stuff you can do with this. Um, this is kind of one of those dream matches that there's not a whole lot you needed to do. I wonder if they're going to do the eight man though. It kind of feels like that's where that's heading. Um, with the undisputed elite just versus the Hardys staying in Darby rather than just a straight up Hardys versus, uh, the young bucks. We can maybe discuss that once we get to the main event, yes. uh, a little bit more. Cause, uh, I long story short, for, honestly, for Jeff Hardy's sake, I hope that's the case. Cause I think he, I think he needs some time off. I mean, here's the thing. He's been washed a long time. I said this last week right here on this show. That he has been... Uh, I, won't, I don't want to say washed. Maybe I do. But um, I will say that Jeff Hardy's been limited a really long time. Like, going back to, like, 2018. Um, and I remember at Elimination Chamber 2019. Stuff like that. Like, his stuff was a lot of smoke and mirrors. He, I remember in the Elimination Chamber, he went out quick. Um, it was one of those, he, like, his chamber opened, there was, like, two spots, and then done. Uh, and I feel like his time in matches has been really limited, and people are only, like, just now noticing, don't know why. I mean, I kind of know well, why now. Well, 
I could tell you why I haven't noticed, um, because pretty much right when AEW started, a lot of my WWE watching kind of went right out the window. So right, so you yeah. probably weren't noticing that Jeff Hardy's been kind of limited, yeah, uh, and and kind of protected and hidden behind being with Matt, uh, mm-hmm. and so here we are now, uh, and it's I think doing the um, uh, doing the tag matches is probably going to help a bit. But we'll see. I think the Young Bucks could do enough smoke and mirrors to pull off something good with those two. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But I'll tell you what didn't need smoke and mirrors. Uh, I'll look, I have been on the Takeshita train pretty much since I saw him for the first time a year ago at The House Always Wins in Jacksonville, a show that has still never seen the light of day as far as airing. Um, there is some... Weirdo matches on that show, like Cody taking on Aaron Solo in a Jacksonville street fight. Uh, I was there at that show. It's like the only house show AEW ever did. Um, But the house always wins. Jacksonville, Florida. WrestleMania weekend. Uh Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great. But having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, two zero. That was the first time I ever saw Takeshita. And then I was like, this dude is like physically impressive. Uh, His size, his speed, everything about him seems really impressive. And then I started to research his work, started researching what he did in DDT. And I realized, wow, this is a guy that I would love to see get an American run at some point. And so here he is. So oh, before go you go on, I'll just mention, because it's kind of similar with you, uh, I first saw him or heard of him uh, at the Philadelphia taping a few weeks ago because he had a match <laughs> on Dark with Red Titus. And uh, I basically fully agreed with – I fully agree with you now what you're saying when I saw him then. It's like, guy, like, pretty good size, like, looks good, moves good, had a pretty good match with Rhett. It's like, I, this guy this, – I see a lot of potential with this guy. Yeah, and we got uh, Hangman Adam Page – Versus Kanosuke's Takeshita with CM Punk on commentary, who added a lot here, by the way. Uh, CM Punk knows what he's doing in that regard. Uh, but we got Hangman Adam Page taking on uh, the AEW World Champion, by the way. Uh, you know that. You can see the graphic. And if you're listening to the audio <laughs> version of this, you know who Hangman Adam Page is. But anyway, Hangman Adam Page, Takeshita. I didn't know what to expect out of this. Uh, we know that the showings that Takeshi has had have been very competitive. He didn't just go in there and get squashed by Jay Lethal a couple weeks ago on Rampage. We know that that was a very competitive 
showcase match for him. And in this match here, he went in there to show the world who he is against Hangman Adam Page. And this fucking ruled. This was so goddamn good. This delivered. I was so happy with this. Uh, I... It's been a while since we've gotten to see a straight-up great competitive match with Hangman Adam Page on TV. Uh, and he went out there to show us who he was. He got a big pop, by the way, from this crowd. Um, oh, you yeah. know, CM, CM Punk was out there. And then when Hangman's music hit, like the way they erupted for him, I almost forgot how over he can be. And with this crowd, great pop for Hangman's music. Uh, but yeah, these two showed out. What did uh, you yeah. think? Uh, I, so I think I'll start with my grade here. Um, I would probably say about as close to S tier as I can get without quite getting there, but it's like an extremely high A. Like I thought the match was tremendous. I I might even go pulling a Fantano here, like a, a, a high A to a low S, uh, cause uh, the match itself was really great. I think uh, it did a great job of establishing Takeshita as someone to watch now and in the future. I think Hangman himself did a great job giving him a lot to have a competitive match to make him credible, but also making it very clear that his main focus is also just on CM Punk and just making sure he's noticing shit and kind of getting himself distracted so that Takeshita could get some extra stuff in. So that's like smart booking to me because it kind of gives Hangman a, it makes it more reasonable why Hangman would be getting beat up by a guy who you haven't really seen much before, but he's also making it. It's also out there also, sorry, having a match where it's like, this guy's genuinely legit and you should be paying real good attention to him. Punk on commentary is doing a great job getting across that page is distracted by him. So I thought booking-wise, presentation-wise, post-match-wise, this was pretty much... Ah, fuck it, Esther. Fuck it, Esther. Perfect booking. <laughs> I, I have no complaints about anything here. So I, I talked myself into an S-tier. So fuck it, S-tier. P- perfect way to book, perfect way to present Hangman in the match, perfect way for Punk to get himself and Hangman and Takeshita over. Great commentary to get Takeshita over. Takeshita showed out for himself. Hangman helped make him more credible. And also, Hangman did a great job himself. Awesome. Awesome. S-tier. Fuck it. S-tier. I'm also going S on this. And I know. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, uh, we've had this discussion on this show about uh, me being kind of difficult to please sometimes and that I've only given out one other S on this show uh, that I didn't even give it to the Bucks and FTR. uh, And people got mad at me for that. But... I felt like this did everything it needed to do to remind us who Hangman Adam Page is, while at the same time establishing for the greater AEW audience who Kanosuke Takeshita is and what he's capable of. Takeshita um, himself stepped up to that plate. I thought that his selling, his selling here was just phenomenal. Um, To the point of where... Uh, I 
question whether or not he was hurt at times. And then when he just bursts out of it, and I'm like, damn, he is a, a grade A seller. This is because uh, <laughs> you're right. Because I'm just about remembering now, like, oh, yeah, he's selling this thing. Is he really hurt? 25 foot jumping lariat just from a straight up into the air. Like, oh, I guess he's fine. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, the A plus seller uh, oh, yeah. is what he is in this case. But then, like, the, this match had a really great um, use of no-selling in that I thought the German suplex spots from both of them were phenomenal. Uh, and some really great believable near falls. This match, in a way, being in Houston, kind of felt like a weird like Taker tribute in that we saw a tombstone and then a last ride uh, and <laughs> both got kicked out of. Uh, but again, both believable spots that the fans bit on. Each time they happened, uh, I thought that you're right. The story of uh, Hangman trying to show out for Punk and make sure that Punk is aware of what he's going to do to him. But then in the process of doing so, getting distracted and it allowing Takeshita to take advantage. But then in the end, um, they they went for the uh, what looked like it was going to kind of be like a Spanish fly type spot off the top, but Hangman lands on his feet and then ends up hitting uh, the Lariat and hits the uh, the Buckshot. And then, just to make sure that uh, he puts the dot on the I, the cross on the T, he hits Takeshita with the go to sleep. One, two, three. And Speaking CM of Punk, selling, yeah, just done. <laughs> Just straight yeah. down. I, I love. Down. I love that sell. By the way, I no, wish more I'm, people would I'm telling that. you, Takeshita is a yeah. phenomenal seller, oh, and yeah. I just could not find a complaint with this. I had so much fun. Edge of my seat. I think Takeshita looks great. I think that this is a guy that if you weren't considering signing beforehand after this, this is a guy that I would have a contract waiting for. And honestly, I'd pay the first year of his rent um, just to make sure that he is. <laughs> solidified here in the states and uh i don't know buy him some movie tickets as well like just make sure he's comfortable here yeah well, uh, in the do US. you want to see the batman in theater still just to get him the tickets just <laughs> yes. what, what, what's out now tom cruise is in a great movie apparently now uh the get him just get him something like hangman buy him a beer afterwards because uh he, he definitely showed up you also mentioning winning with the g uh the gts being a callback to punk winning with the buckshot the week mm -hmm. prior I just and that's where Punk again just I thought he was key on commentary on pointing a lot of this stuff out and kind of adding to that <laughs> I also found that Punk hilarious at the end right before he's taking off the mic to just do the confrontation he just does the really hard pay-per-view sell <laughs> just to make sure you're very clear of when this is and stuff and then just throws it off and goes no just um just tremendous stuff all around tremendous stuff all around very I also I also gonna apologize to you because you did kind of allude to me before we went on that you probably had an S tier match as like you're kind of making me think I, I I'm kind of on your wavelength here I might steal your thunder a little bit but this was I think we both knew this, this was, was my one this was this gets the the S graphic I honestly I mean I don't have an S graphic and I feel like I want one like do I just have like a sheet of paper I can like draw an S on really quick yeah hold um, on maybe I might hold on uh that is a tax form I don't think I should use that um I don't I have notepad anywhere yeah uh, no, I, I don't hold you on got... you know what I'm gonna go in Photoshop and do this really quick uh, hold on okay <laughs> here, I'll just write it on this catalog here. S. <laughs> there you go. There Hold we on. go. There's the graphic. I am 
we're gonna go with the font. Uh, we're gonna make it impact. Uh, we are going to. We're gonna make an impact. Uh, yeah, uh, we are going to just make this really big, and I'm even gonna make it. Uh, what color should we make this? Come on, day after dynamite. Uh, what color? Uh, purple. Would you like the. How about how about pink for Run the Jewels? Because I'm wearing the shirt because I got Run the Jewels tickets for Philly in August. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, very. Let's see. This uh, now we're sadly I passed. We're I passed up on Kendrick big. Lamar, but uh, I'm going to see Run the Jewels, which means more to me. Uh, we're going to make this big and yeah. red. Uh, how about that? And... I mean, S S tier usually is red on the tier maker. Yeah, so make it Mother Eye Sober is the best Kendrick track on that new album, by the way, while you're just doing this graphic. And Followed by Father. Father, yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. I made this in two seconds, but... <laughs> there we go impact font s should i i'm trying to do coordinate to do the like the hall and nash point there we go i don't Get think i s. can lean back far enough there we are yes there we go <laughs> <laughs> this was like 2005 you need to add like bevel and emboss on it and like oh i could do all of that yeah i could i mean <laughs> if i really take it some time i could do all the 2005 effects put some flames on it uh all lens, flare, lens flare lens flare lens flare Oh, the lens flare. That's right. Either way, it gets the uh, the patented. Oh, I can make it blink though. How about this? It gets oh boy. The S. Uh, <laughs> so, let's continue with dynamite, shall we? So, um, did you forget the show for a second. I did for a second. Uh, yeah. So. Continuing on in the show, we had uh, backstage promo Red Velvet, Chris Statlander. Uh, just a reminder that they were friends for a little while, but Red Velvet's like... Your, your audio's no, chopping a bit. Ah, damn it, it did the thing. You know what, I'm going to just re refresh. Okay. Uh, so... Hey, everybody! So, we got a Tyler, the Creator poster here. There's a Pat Oswalt one right over there. Uh, TV on the radio, which I got from Displate. It never takes me that long. Um, but... I got I got my shit in, man. There you go. Get... Okay. So. All right, better. I figured it was. Okay. Red Velvet Statlander. Yeah, talking. Red Velvet Statlander. Uh, they just kind of threw everything out. It was like, we were never friends. I just helped you a couple of times. And we're done. Uh, and then, you know what? I have to say. <sighs> Tony cut the shit has become one of those things that I start to pop for now. No, and it's it's great. Jade Cargill entering the shot and <laughs> giving just just a really quick Tony and I, I I'd like stand up and go, cut the shit. And it's it's good it's definitely gonna become a crowd thing if it hasn't already. Like that's the type of thing if she becomes a baby face, like she could she's doing an interview, she could just say the name Tony, pause, pause, crowd just cut the shit. Cut the shit. Uh, I, I, I I love Tony cut the shit. Yeah, I should I should just at least say this publicly for the record. I for a long time was not a big fan of the Jade Cargo push. In some ways, as a wrestler, I'm still kind of on the fence with her. But I do think her personality, her talking, she has improved tremendously. She definitely is showing a lot more confidence, a lot more poise, a lot more swagger, a lot more command. 
I still like Mark Sterling being with her. I hope they actually don't break that up because I, I think, think that's they a funny. I think him being. I think the, he's great too. I think him being her simp and being um, just this pathetic follower behind her is is great. It, um, yeah, it works. I mean, it, those who know me know I've been on the Jade train literally since day one. I did a search through my tweets the other day for just the word Jade and realized that I kind of run a little bit of a, a stan account. Um, and so, and kind of have since day one. Um, but you know what? Cause it's always baffled me. Like every time people see Jade, they always go, wow, she's really improved. And I keep thinking like, where was the bad? Where did a bad Jade Cargill match actually happen? Like all she did was squashes and her squashes for the longest time were functional. She hit a boot. She hit the Jaded and she has a functional pin. Her well, first match was the tag match between uh, her and Shaq versus Cody and Red Velvet, and everybody loved that match, and she worked her part in it. Her so there was match... smoke and... So there's speaking of smoke and mirrors and Cody. Eh, eh. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's not to criticize. But, no, but, yeah. then, but then her first match, uh, her first singles match, was against Red Velvet, and the first thing everybody said after that match was, whoa, that match was way better than it had any reason to be. Why didn't it have any reason to be? Because you thought Jade was going to be bad the moment you saw her because the idea of this non-wrestler who, uh, who's having her first experiences on television, and she's bigger, and uh, so she's going to be based around size and power moves. And people were just assuming she was going to be bad. And then she wasn't. She well, never was. Well to, well, to be fair, like you said, she was mainly doing squash matches. You really can't get a gauge of how good a wrestler is going to be in actual longer matches from squashes. I mean, everything you're saying here, you probably could have said about maybe Baron Corbin back in NXT, where it's like he was just doing nothing but squashes, and he was kind of getting over. But you don't know how well he's going to do in like longer is... matches. What's the difference, sir? Baron Corbin isn't fine as hell. And Jade Cargill <laughs> absolutely is. So there's that, too. So... <laughs> Can you do me a favor real quick? Uh, what tier would you say Jade Cargill was on? Oh, this is, she's S tier. Uh, she's Jade Cargill. But, well, but also... But also put up the graphic. I've, I've met Jade Cargill. She's one of the nicest people on the planet. And uh, she even um, took a picture of me and Swerve and only mildly gave me shit for having an Android phone. And so... Uh, <laughs> That's a, but nice. it was a but it's a pixel, right? So you have a great camera. I do, and right. uh, she looked at it and was like, "Oh!" And then she's like, <laughs> and then she was like, "Oh, it's a nice camera." Yeah. And she took the, with this phone. I was trying to cue you to put up the brand new S tier graphic, but blinking. then I, oh, I, I saw on. my I saw my webcam went to, to shit, and I was like, oh, "I can't fix that oh. right now." Okay. Uh, so continuing on with the show, we had. <sighs> MJF uh, gives Wardlow 10 lashes. And let me tell you, I saw some people on social media complaining. They were like, wait, wait, wait. Didn't we already see this with Cody? And I'm like, well, one, they addressed that last week when, like, in the contract signing, it was straight up said that, the, that Wardlow, you're going to pay for everything we did to Cody. And or, but he was putting it on him. He said everything you did to Cody, uh, to my best friend Cody Rhodes. Uh, and so uh, you know MJF being a scumbag, did doing what he does. Uh, and I thought this was the ultimate payoff to what happened with Cody because if you remember, it was Huntsville, Alabama, Cody getting the ten lashes from MJF. 
when that segment took place, that it was very dramatic. It was very Cody took each lash and with each one, he had to grit his teeth and bear it. And he had an angry look. And remember the bucks came out and were willing Cody through it. And the brandy comes out in tears. And she's like, Cody, you can do this. And it was a very, very dramatic scene. So of course the way to pay that off when you follow it up is for Wardlow to no sell the fuck out of it. <laughs> and it was so great. I was so happy with everything about this, the way that he just kept his straight look and it just made Max madder and madder and he's screaming, I hate you. And taking off the jacket. Yes. Just going three, four, five, six, seven, just getting uh, impatient. Yeah. And he's like, You know it hurts, damn it. And the Warren Lowe's just kind of shrugging it off. Uh, except when Sean Spears got it, and eventually the second to last one on the shoulder neck area, he flinches, which I think is a nice smaller touch that like MJF can't really bother him, but Sean Spears can, which gives him a little bit, maybe a little bit of credibility either in a match. Well, they've got a cage match coming up uh, live in Las Vegas at the, uh, the three year anniversary, which until I said it, I completely forgot that uh, this week's because, AEW did launch uh, the first Double or Nothing was on May 25th. May 25th happens to be a Wednesday this year. Uh, so they actually are having like a straight up anniversary show of AEW's first show. Uh, and it's in Vegas. Um, not the same arena. It's Michelob Ultra Arena where the Las Vegas Aces play. Um, and so a much smaller venue than the um t-mobile and, well no, so t-mobile yes which is where so t-mobile is where the pay-per-view is going to be double or nothing the first one was at the mgm grand garden arena which is only like a thousand people smaller than uh t-mobile but it's older uh but then they have the Michelob ultra arena in vegas which is where the aces play um not as big but it's a fairly new arena and it's uh for a show like dynamite i think it's perfect but yeah they're going to do a cage match there and uh, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I thought this was a, a, a perfect segment. Again, I, I just felt like uh, the I was really happy with how these two segments in a row just kind of were firing. Yeah. And yeah, MJF just kick him in the balls because like, I think everybody kind of knew at a certain point with the way the segment's going. It's like, he's got to do something really bad here to actually get something on yes. Wardlow or else the segments, you, you kind of need a little bit of that. So... That I thought made a lot of sense. Doing, you know, the attack with the ring, uh, doing the fake, do the fake pinfall. Um, but yeah, uh, I know you don't usually grade segments, but I would probably, but you don't, but I can. Uh, I this would probably be pretty much an S tier segment <laughs> yeah. as well. Like maybe, I mean, maybe I, I more of a higher A. But I was like, really feeling this first hour. Like I thought that uh, the low blow was great, and then yeah, um, Sean Spears hitting the C four and. Uh, really just it was the first time they had gotten one over on Wardlow despite the fact that Wardlow for initially was getting it over on them um, MJF was way over spray tan by the way and when, <laughs> when he pulled off the jacket and you see his orange hands but like not the rest of them. oh my god people uh, are noticing that too like yes. a lot of people think that's basically intentional at this point yes. just so people notice it and get pissed <laughs> yes definitely uh I could see that. Uh, by the way, so, uh, shout out uh, a couple of super chats. 
Um, got one from Ricardo says, Maki is never a disappointment. Fight me. Uh, and we also have another from Orion Ben that says, uh, Take Soup is essentially Koda and Shinsuke's child. He got Koda's high-flying technical skills with Shinsuke's strength and uh, burgeoning you know showmanship. Get, yeah, hold on. I was thinking I, about that. Thinking about him and Shinsuke. I mean, the showmanship I don't think... maybe. I, I, I mean, Shinsuke is a, a very much, when we talk about like um, his kind of over-showmanship, um, I don't quite I, see it there. No, I don't know if anybody can really match Shinsuke, period. Yeah. Um, I think Code is a very good comp, though. Like, because Kota's, like, really pretty, like, tall and, like, big and muscular, too. Both can be very, very athletic. Um, like Definitely Kota in terms of, uh, I mean, Kota's fucking shredded, though. But, yeah. uh, so he's not quite there. Like, the way Corey had put it to me, uh, my wife, by the way, my wife, uh, she had, um, as she's watching, because this was the first time she had ever seen Takeshita, she was like, you know what? He's very boyish to me. And she's like, in a sense that she's like, he's big, but, like, kind of soft. Uh, and, but she's like, but he's big. And so I, and she's like, and I still am getting a very boyish feel from him. And, uh, I thought that's, that's interesting. And she was like, he's hot, but like, he's in a very boyish way. And that is like, almost okay. trademark Coda then. So yes, yes we're going to stick with Coda Bushi. <laughs> yes. Uh, but one segment we skipped, uh, I don't know how I got these out of order, but before we had that, we actually had a quick tag match where the workhorsemen took on the team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. And you know what? I know Swerve sometimes watches this show. I'm going to tell you, cousin of mine, that I don't care what you say. Strictly Business is a fucking phenomenal name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that that's Keith Lee's like Twitter handle. Because he does that shit all the time, where he like changes like the I name know, to be like but, puns like that. But strictly like that rules. That is ultimate dad wordplay. Is there Swerve's a trademark a... maybe on that? that no, Swerve's just that? not a fan. He thinks it's cheesy. Okay. Um, but <laughs> that's uh... okay. I think there was a stable in NWA that was called Strictly Business too. I think that was like the Nick Aldis. Sure, but what's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. At the end of the yeah. day, I just want Strick and Lee put together for Strick Lee. That should be I a almost, thing. I almost want to come up with another one right now, but I'm terrible at names, so I shouldn't. Either way, uh, I still love Swerve and Keith Lee as a tag team. The fans love them as a tag team. And uh, we saw 
the two of them kind of make short but impressive work of the work horsemen. Uh, the point here, of course, was uh, as Keith Lee and Swerve have been working a lot of tag matches lately, this was to basically put them at four and one as a tag team and thereby pushing them into the or higher in the top five. I think they were five going into Dynamite. They are now number four. And this puts them in contention for the tag team titles. It, well, hold on. If they were originally five, then Keith promo doesn't really make much sense because he said after winning the match, now they became top five. I mean, but the, the AEW but, had already put out the top five earlier in the day, and it was they were on it. So, that, oh, hmm. so that wasn't quite the case. But either yeah. way, they are ranked, um, and it's time to get them a tag title shot. And Keith Lee even cuts a promo saying that that's what they're after. But then they are interrupted by Team Taz, who says, hold up, not happening because we're after the tag team titles. Swerve tells uh, Ricky Starks. Oh, wait. First off, Ricky Starks says that um, Keith Lee is Rex from uh, Toy Story. (laughs) Sorry. And then uh, Swerve tells... uh, uh, Ricky Starks that he looks like a bar of soap with a pearl necklace and then mm. they are then interrupted by Jurassic Express and Christian and they said you know normally we're used to being challenged but now we're challenging you two to a triple threat for the tag titles at Double or Nothing but before we get there Christian also issued a challenge for a match I can't believe this happening and I'm so yeah. excited for this because Oh my God! Uh, next week, Jungle Boy wants his hands on both uh, the man who uh, beat him last week and the man who cost him the match last week. He wants a triple threat match: singles, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, and Swerve Strickland. I kind of want to watch that on more on a pay per view than here. Like, can we swap these matches? Um, like, can we do the tag title next week? Instead? I mean, I think my gut tells me that Jurassic Express uh, is losing the tag team titles at the pay-per-view. And if that's the case, I think Jungle Boy needs to get the win first in this triple threat. Um, just, it's, uh, I don't know. That's where I see this heading. Um, I actually think Team Taz is taking the belts. I would not, I'm at a point where I would not be disappointed with any result, honestly. Like, I think Jungle, at, once you actually get to the tag team matches, I know angle-wise... It's been a. I, I, I'm not gonna. Say, it's not bad. I want to make that clear. But it maybe a little, little lacking. A little. They feel a little back burner to me in some ways re- relative to the rest of AEW. You, but when the matches. Jurassic Express. Yeah, just they. they well, they're, yeah, because the feud has really been since going since before Revolution. The feud started with Keith Lee and Hobbs, and right. that feud was the feud going into this face of the Revolution ladder match, and somehow that feud has been going this whole time and has expanded. And, yeah, Jurassic Express kind of fell into this feud rather than them really being involved in anything else. So, like, the feud is really still about Team Taz, Swerve, and Keith Lee. I think you can easily argue that's basically the consistent main angle that's been on Rampage, especially for, like, the last three, four months or however long it's been. So, so I say that only because once Jungle Express are in actual matches, they're tremendous. So if they won the tag, t- or if they retained the tag titles at the pay per view, I'd be more than happy with that. If uh, Lee and uh, Strickland win, I'd be very happy for that. 
And if Hobbs and Starks win, I'd also be very happy. So I am looking forward to the tag match, but like I would say my three favorite wrestlers of each of those teams are also facing each other next week. So I'm almost like, damn, like, can we get, that almost feels like a match that like, I loved the Starks um, Jungle Boy match from last week. That almost feels like a three-way that I would like figure out a way to get like a TNT title involved with or like the FTW title and like save that match for a pay-per-view. That's how great and excited yeah, also, I would be for that match. Also, Dynamite needs to be the destination television, so I can see that yeah. too. Um, and let's see. Uh, Glenny, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Kodra says, what do you make of AEW's presence at the upfronts? Um, I mean... If there wasn't anything new to announce, then essentially their presence was their presence, right? That it was essentially in the TNT package they showed that uh, Dynamite is, or not T, TNT, TB, TNT, TBS, it was Dynamite's the show to buy ads for. Um, and by the way, this show was the first Dynamite that was like fully sponsored by uh, DraftKings, and they were all over oh, yeah. this show. Uh, it was like all over the ring, all over the, the now. Um, Last week's AEW Dark Elevation was also uh, sponsored. It had the graphics and stuff for DraftKings, but not the stuff in the ring like they had at Revolution. And they were there were specific commercials, throughout. specific like, commercials all throughout the show. DraftKings is like in on AEW at this moment, so uh, that happened. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, they. they I mean, obviously, if they didn't have anything new to announce, then what was it really going to be? I mean, it was the thing is, too, it was I think there were expectations set because uh, Dave had heard that there was going to be a big presence. Um, I know that I had tweeted a couple of days ago uh, that there was possibly because I mean, when I had heard that from Dave Meltzer, I had tweeted that, hey, you know, wow. OK, so WB upfronts at uh Madison Square Garden and AEW on a Wednesday, like that's gonna be crazy, you know, flying back and forth like that. And then uh, I did hear from somebody in AEW who was like, uh, "We're probably not like we're gonna be focusing all of our attention on Dynamite in Houston rather than trying to pull off both." So I don't know if they wasn't anything to announce. I don't know what else it was gonna be uh, other than what they showed. But I think there were expectations set because of uh, Meltzer. Yeah, I uh, I was just going to take your word for it because I hadn't really been paying attention to the upfront, so I cannot speak on that matter intelligently. Um, and so uh, we then had a and sorry, the ratings just came in, so that's what I was looking at. But I usually uh, don't talk. I about heard your phone. Yeah, I don't talk about that. that. That was actually my watch, by the way. Uh, oh, I usually don't talk uh, about that till the end of the show, but. I at least know what they are now. Okay. So, I love this segment. The match itself was it was just a solid C match because there wasn't anything to it other than uh, Swerve getting the show out. Uh, it was a squash. and But uh, at the same time, I thought Swerve's offense was great. I thought that uh, the the powerbomb um, is, is great and it's a great yeah. tag team finish. And I can't wait to see what these two continue to do. They are a great combination. And as a segment, I'd say it's a B. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll give it a yeah, B. I'll go with that. As, I'll a go segment. With that. as a segment, you're right, because I have to include the post-match stuff. And I liked all of it. B. Easy. Yeah. So, another match that took place on this show. 
was the next quarterfinal in the Owen Hart tournament. It was Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix one-on-one. And let me tell you, cool motherfucking Kyle is back because uh, I know a lot of people were kind of down on Kyle. Uh, You know, it was like, okay, NXT, his, his solo NXT run was like, he can still work, but something just feels off here. And I felt like this was like New Japan Kyle again. And Ray Phoenix is still Ray Phoenix. But this was also not the Ray Phoenix match I thought I was going to get, but it was better. And by the end, I was just... I, I I guess I'm shocked to hear you say that that other part because like I felt like you got a lot of the Ray Phoenix stuff that you'd expect. It's just um, you, you, working with Kyle, like you just tone a little bit of that back because there was a lot of talk. selling that I would not have gotten traditionally in a uh, in a Ray Phoenix match. And I don't mean that in the sense that Ray Phoenix doesn't sell well. I mean that in the sense that his matches aren't structured around working one body part or things like that. And like this had a lot more of that. Yeah, I think that's mainly to accommodate Kyle, who is more of a striker, take apart, take apart a body part, kind of more along that technical range, especially because the finish being a very elaborate submission hold, I, I think they just wanted to establish those contrasting styles a bit more. So you've got Kyle kind of feeding into a lot of the Lucha stuff, and Phoenix kind of like... And Phoenix did a lot of technical stuff early too, like some like roll throughs and stuff like that to kind of match up with Kyle. But I think that and was that's kind what of I thought he was there to do, and that's why I liked it so much. Was that uh, Ray didn't necessarily just go out there to be Ray; he kind of went out there to do what Kyle does best. And then Kyle, they, I just felt like they complemented each other so well in this match, and uh, it was a really, really, really impressive showing for Kyle here that I think he's needed in AEW. I know he had the match with Jungle Boy to qualify for the tournament, but overall, I was just impressed with Kyle O'Reilly here uh, in a way that I haven't been in a long time. Yeah, uh, I would, I would, I would agree. I guess I'll say I'll agree only a bit. I'm maybe a bit nicer on Kyle overall. Maybe nicer is not the right word, but like you feel like it's been a while since you've seen that Kyle. I feel like we, I've seen that Kyle pretty consistently myself. So in the, in the chat, they're they're talking about uh, you know Vasco. It said that you um, said Kyle or cool Kyle for the win. A shock says uh, Kyle O'Reilly came off as a serious tryhard in presentation in his NXT solo run, and I thought so. Well, well that yes, I yes that I'm not disagreeing with. It's more like the match stuff. I feel like he's. Still consistently, but he's been consistent, cool, consistent Kyle. Eh? How's that for a nickname? But uh, no, I, I love Kyle O'Reilly. When he gets a chance to have like 10 to 15 minute matches, especially as a single performer, I think he's tremendous. I said when I looked at the brackets, I don't know why, but I thought Kyle was going to win the whole thing. Um, I feel like he, I feel like this type of tournament and so he's the type of Kyle versus Cole. Cause that's the only thing we can get now. Cole. Made it all the way. Uh, I I think. Granted, I don't know if you want to run that back that back that back match that match back again because that's been a very consistent thing. But I think with a tournament setting, I think there are a lot of different directions you can go with that. I think that's maybe the more interesting. 
match? Because I, I, I think it's going to be Joe versus uh, you're, Cole. You're probably right, but my ego wants to be right about this, <laughs> so I kind of want Kyle to win. I would, I, would be, I would be very, very happy if Kyle ended up winning, because I feel like he's the type of wrestler who something like this could really benefit greatly, especially if they ever want to get him out of that group, especially if they want to do more single stuff with Kyle. It's kind of like something you just put in, like, it's something that's good for the Chiron underneath his name for, like, the rest of his life. And yeah. I think it's now, good enough for us to see what have that. Apparently, according to a report from Voices of Wrestling, there is going to be a belt um, that mm. the, uh, the Owen winner gets to carry around. Ooh, in other words, a belt he can air guitar with. Eh? Eh? Uh-huh. eh? <laughs> Apparently there's going to be a belt um, that one of them has a pink strap, one of them has a black strap. Now, <laughs> I'm hoping they reverse it, and the men's has the pink strap, and the women's has the black strap. Um, that that would be... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to save yourself a lot of Twitter discourse if you do it that way, I think. And Yeah. I think that'd be, that'd be neater. Right, and it's Owen, so no matter what, you can pull it off. But apparently there's belts, uh, so we shall see how that goes. Um, Orion Ben says, uh, a belt with caution tape? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great stuff. Oh, that'd be... Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Uh, but yeah, so there's... Uh, but yeah, I just thought this was great. Um I felt like this was going to be a tournament more for the new guys. I said that on uh, Grap City a few weeks ago, that I thought that this tournament was kind of gearing itself toward... Like, AEW's been really good about rewarding their original talent over the new signees. Like, usually you can pretty much guarantee that if an establishment AEW guy is going to be in there with a, a new guy, that most of the time the establishment guy wins just because... AEW doesn't want to kind of do the TNA thing. But I feel like these, this tournament was really gearing itself around showcasing a lot of those newer signees, the the guys who came in in the last year, like Adam Cole, like Kyle O'Reilly, like Samoa Joe, uh, and I think and Jeff Hardy. I feel like that's what this tournament is trying to do. Um, and even on the women's side, where uh, now granted, there's two kind of AEW originals who have made it through, but like Ruby Soho has gotten a great showing, and she got to beat Riho, the original AEW Women's Champion, and Tony Storm, who came in uh, after Jamie Hayter, who has been there a long time. Uh, like I feel like the newer talents in this tournament are kind of getting to showcase a little bit more, um, and that's that's a good thing, right? Sure. Uh, and so I felt like Kyle was going to win this, uh, but. I just didn't know how we were going to get there, but I was impressed. This gets an A for me. I was really happy with this match. I was really happy with the action in it. it again, edge of my seat kind of action. And I felt like this show was cooking. Uh, I felt like up to this point, I was like, you know what? Johnny Elite aside, uh, and it wasn't anything against Johnny. It was just like, I just didn't feel like he had much chemistry with Joe. I thought this show is is really kind of on fire. Yep. And then we had... I would ag- hold on. I would agree with an A grade as well. That would be my grade. Kyle Riley, also Canadian for the Owen Hart. Come, mm, 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 yeah, come and he had mentioned that, that I'm the only Canadian in this tournament. Yeah. So, uh, Come on, Tony, do the right thing. <laughs> uh, but then we had the Jericho and Regal face-to-face confrontation. Uh, and the, back, the Blackpool Combat Club made their way down to the ring. Uh, we had Brian make his entrance. Uh, of course, uh, Wheeler. Oh, sorry, I got to bring our graphic back up. 
Wheeler is over in Japan. Japan. And so, therefore, not here for now. That's okay. Yeah, I figured that was going to be the case after the segment last week, where, like, now it's six on five. What are you going to do here? And then I remembered, oh, yeah, he's going to Japan. So this this is fine. Yes. And so Brian and Regal uh, came to the ring, and uh, Moxley got to lead uh, Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie to the ring. And then out comes the Jericho Appreciation Society. This is their big confrontation. What are they going to say to each other? And Jericho had a lot to say, uh, so much so that it's rubbed some people the wrong way because he went uh, very personal with some of the stuff. I don't mind that kind of stuff um, as long as it's not like the angle itself. Like when it's a dig, I don't really mind. Like the stuff I mind is like, Jeff Hardy taking a piss test in the ring. Like that in itself is an angle, but like if it's like a dig that you could you very much know was discussed amongst the performers and and all of that, I don't mind that so much. Yeah, I'd probably say at least especially the like the Regal comments like I think everybody who's watching the show knows that like Regal did that podcast with Jericho and revealed all that stuff and like they clearly love each other a lot to where it's like you know neither of them have any fucking issue with that. So uh, right, and, but and I, I, like, and Moxley and Jericho are close too. Like Moxley has said that the person who brought him to AEW is Chris Jericho. I, now that said, I I didn't mind that comment about you know going to the rehab and the alcoholism because of stuff what you mentioned. I don't fault people if they still didn't like aren't. that because that's more of a like Regal's issues were very 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 specific to him like with the heart thing and the like Mm -hmm. John's is more of a broader issue with a lot of people on the whole. Um, So it didn't bother me, but if somebody were to say they just did not, even all this considered, if they had issue with that, I don't think that I'm not going to take umbrage with anyone having an issue with that. Oh yeah. I, I, that's the thing is I, I wouldn't say any, you're allowed to have an issue with whatever you want. And so therefore I get why people had an issue with it. For me, it's just that I can um, respect that the performers in this particular segment were kind of okay with it. And like in a real life scenario, somebody who's like as much of a dick as Chris Jericho's character is would go there on somebody. Um, I, I see that kind of stuff all the time. You can also maybe argue that Jericho's group being the sports entertainers, W like that is absolutely stuff that WWE would probably go for to try to get heat and in a way that's not great. Speaking of which, that was probably the best part of the segment was Chris Jericho wanting to uh, bring Stadium Stampede back. (laughs) He starts to hint at it. And my brain even believed it would go here. I thought, oh, really? Okay. Like you, there's no empty stadium that you could really no. do this with. Uh, but it does make class. sense because that is like this is the show that they usually do it on. Right. So I actually love <laughs> that he was thinking that. Yeah, and they did and the then... double or nothings, and then John Moxley was just like, "No, nah, we're not doing that shit," and uh, <laughs> it cut him off. Told him we're not doing that. It was a different time, different place. Uh, you know, we're it's not happening. I should also mention. I think it helped with that, like Moxley going back to the rehab line moxley clearly didn't give a shit on camera and i think that helps a lot too where he's like oh what the fuck ever dude just like like if he's not bothered by it on screen i think that helps like 
dissuade any sort of just negativity relating to that. By the way, the best part of the segment though was Jake Hager's outfit. He he as did you see what he was wearing? At all. No, I, oh my I god, bring this up. He's basically becoming the like the biggest like the oldest biggest brother of the Young Bucks now. He's like he says nothing, so I guess the sports entertainment him, they're having him dress in like the most gaudiest like spring outfits, and he's just standing there just in this it's just a bunch of roses. Giant roses. It's just hilarious. And right next to Daniel Garcia, who's got like he's going for like Marky Mark circa nineteen ninety with the backwards kangle and the the the, the, the uh the um tank top. It it's hilarious. It's it literally is like the third young buck when you see it. Uh oh yeah I okay I do see it. Uh, yeah, me, it's like it's perfect. Uh, let me find a way to bring this up so, on screen for yeah. those who maybe don't recall. Yeah, I suppose. I just think it really fits with the group because you have like you know very gaudy outfits with the other guys, and you have the guy who's very sullen, who's like sullen and solemn. It doesn't say much, just standing back there looking like the biggest fucking dork of them all. Uh, let's see here. If you can't bring it up, I'm sure you can tweet it later. Uh, no, I can bring it up, of course. Let's see. Hager.png. <laughs> uh, let's do this. Imagine once this outfit comes up, a blinking red S also on the screen over top. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Matching shorts, matching like rose shirt and shorts shirtless that mwah, that is a look that is i should have that should have been my dan flash's outfit for fuck's sake mwah, beautiful sorry i have to say so uh my gripe with this segment was that i felt like it went too long I don't. Uh, I. I. I'll disagree. I thought this. I, maybe Jericho went a tad long, and Regal maybe a tad longish. But uh, I can't say that when I was watching it, I felt like it was going long. Uh, maybe the, the 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 Regal, even though it was still kind of funny, and they oversold it in the hammy ways that they do. The Regal line about shoving a toothbrush up his ass was uh, a up little. Ve- I guess very up his bum. Pardon. Yes. <laughs> family show, but uh, was maybe very sports entertaining, and also just bizarre but it was also so unexpected i chuckled like what uh and the way that uh garcia and jericho were selling it i thought was humorous and it's very hyperbolic way um i i saw some other people say they thought it went a bit long i i was fine with it i think it did a good job establishing what it needed to do i i again grading segments which i'm gonna do because i'm special uh i'd give it a b like i i i did enjoy jericho um reminding us of the seeds of dissension between everybody that hey moxley you know it was only two years ago that you and um santana went uh, eye for an eye and uh, also don't uh eddie kingston eddie, and and Daniel. brian danielson like you guys have had your issues and you know moxley and brian you know you guys have only been together here like a month uh, like you guys and, and how can you guys function as a unit i like that stuff because i feel like that can come into play and like at first it was like you know um brian kind of shrugged it off like yeah i am a uh an asshole a prick um <laughs> what of it but then the idea that um 
uh, what was it, that as they're starting to leave, we actually do see them kind of start to have some issues. I liked all of that stuff. Like I said, I just thought it was a little long. Yeah, it, it that post that end of angle stuff does give that group an out to lose because they aren't this cohesive unit really. So, it, it I think that makes sense to do. I think that respects your fans' intelligence for remembering all the history that these guys had. So, like, if they, I imagine they might lose the match, and if they do, it's like, oh yeah, this now totally makes sense. Why? And you can do stuff in the match to do it. And Ricardo the Mark says, honestly thought Regal was just going to say, blood and guts. That's coming. <laughs> uh, I think that it, when blood and guts happens, it can't necessarily happen at um, a pay-per-view, mainly because AEW only has four pay-per-views, and I don't think they can have uh, – I don't think it's in their best interest personally to do an entire four-hour show that's going to do the two-ring setup. I think a Dynamite could do that. I don't think um, – or if they had more pay-per-views, it, like you could sacrifice one to that. I don't necessarily see it happening for uh, a, a straight-up four-hour show. So I think it. I think they are going to do double, uh, blood and guts this summer. Um, my, I have some guesses as to which show it's going to be, and I think it's one of the shows that's been announced already. But uh, I don't necessarily believe that you could do that at Double or Nothing, especially when you have the show centering around CM Punk and Hangman, and I don't think that show needs uh, a War Games-type match in its backdrop when that match in itself is the most important match on the show. I would agree with that. Um, I, I, there was a, I, I don't know if I'm going to mention it, but I, I, if they are going to do another Blood and Guts, I will say if, if Roderick Strong becomes an actual free agent and, they can, and he signs with AEW, you can reform one group that was big on Wednesdays, have them break off with the current group, and maybe do a blood and gut style match with some of those people. Either way, I I think we'll. That's we'll my be... fantasy booking possible <laughs> idea for the future of a blood and guts match. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So next match we get the. Oh, yeah, and then we get uh, a weird cutaway to um, the announcement of uh, the Blackpool Combat Club going up against Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. Uh, and yeah. when we came back, it was time for Britt Baker versus the female Joker. Who could it be? Who could it be now? As we've talked about earlier on the show, it was Maki Ito and... Uh, yeah. She did I, a performance? She sure did. I don't You're not enjoy a fan. Her. I know. No. You're not a fan. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bridge a bit too... Like, <laughs> I think if you're going to be a gimmick like this, you have to be pretty exceptional when the bell rings to really justify it. She is not Orange Cassidy. If we're looking at like somewhat comedic gimmicks that actually can get serious and good... I, 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 no, no me gusta. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. was fine with it. I thought that as soon as she came out, I thought, okay, she's not going to win. Uh, but she can get out there and, and have some fun with the crowd. Uh, you know, of course her head is her main offense. And, uh, this match was really all about that and building up to her getting to do her, falling 
headbutt. I don't know what that's called, but I don't know. I yeah. I like Maki Ito in the sense of dumb, silly, and probably not going to win. Again, well, I don't know what justifies her being in this tournament per se. Thank you, because that if if you have that argument, then like she has no business being in a tournament that you're trying to make serious like this. Yeah, and, that, and that's. That's what I would say here is that I don't necessarily know what her justification is, but if you wanted to bring in a surprise person for the tournament that ultimately has to lose, she was the best person for that. It makes sense. And and, and to be fair to her, she definitely has a ton of personality. Dude, yes. Let me make that very clear. She definitely has a lot of charisma and personality. I just don't like how it's being – how she applies it, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, She's definitely not for everybody. I mean, I can sense that from everybody I talk to. It's like, okay, is – it's not I think, for everybody. I get it. No, I think she AEW. If they're going to have her on, they, they need a lot of backstory to explain a lot of the shit she's doing. Because it does. If you don't know anything about like her, and I've heard some of that, least trying to explain because uh, the match itself was built to explain the head stuff. With like uh, her head is 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 solid, and she is there to um, or you want to avoid her head. Like yeah. I felt like the match itself was building. To She's that. like an unofficial Samoan, right. in a way. Like the yeah, way like... when her head was being slammed to the turnbuckle, and they cut to the turnbuckle cam to make that sure you saw <laughs> <laughs> a lot of memes coming from that. That was that was worth it. Uh, that's this is probably a D segment that just from that meme alone, maybe I'd be generous to give it a C segment. Yeah, just uh, for the meme. I mean, th- this was a, a a C for me in that it was really just to get Britt Baker. Um, another win and get us to Brit versus uh, Tony Storm next week on Dynamite. Yeah, there you go. Dynamite pretty... like really shaping up. Yeah, really shaping up. Well, yeah, but overall, I not a fan. Well, we then had a segment that I've talked about this before. Uh, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Mileage may vary on this next one. But uh, so Tony Schiavone comes out to run down next week's Dynamite. And uh, as he begins to, he is interrupted by Serena Deep, um, who is pissed off over the fact that Tony Schiavone said that Serena can't beat Thunder Rosa. And she pointed out how silly that statement is when she has beaten Thunder Rosa and she did it for the NWA Women's Championship. So therefore, why wouldn't she be able to do that again? Uh, and she says the only person who she has a bigger problem with than that is Dustin, who last week talked up uh, Thunder Rosa as his, uh, you know, his, that's his, that's his, he's, he trains with her. Mentor, yeah. Um, yeah, so she is uh, mentee, I guess. But uh, Oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she said JR is like the only smart person left in the business because he said that Serena could probably win this. So she was upset. She talked about – and she was talking down on Dustin, talked about how uh, how things used to be and how much she's had to scratch and claw in the business, mentioned shaving her head and her implants that she had to get. This was solid stuff um, in terms of content. Uh, I think what people have had a problem with with Serena's last two promos have been the delivery, um, to which I continue to say this. Do I think she's a great promo? No, not at all. Do I also, though, recognize that uh, I want to see women get more segments in time? Yeah, I do. 
And so what do you do when it comes to building this kind of thing and giving somebody, uh, giving a lot of background and backstory to this type of stuff uh, to her? But also, I guess I look at it this way. Not everybody's a good talker. They're just not. Yeah. Not everybody is. Um, I recognize that promos are a big part of professional wrestling. And I think that the best promos are going to have the most success. That's just a big fact. That's why Britt Baker got so much time compared to everybody else in the women's division. Is everybody Britt Baker, though? Not a fucking chance. Um, and I think I said this on Grapsity. You kind of have to accept that not everybody's going to be Britt Baker. Um, oh, yeah. Or it's either that or you're going to have to accept the people that, that you're going to see a lot of them in pre-tapes. I think I could probably stomach seeing a not-so-great promo from somebody more so than I want to not see them at all. Yeah, I I would very much fully agree with everything you're saying, especially I I would yeah, I basically kind of agree with everything you're saying. I thought the content of the promo I thought that was A tier content that unfortunately had like C tier execution cuz like like you said Serena you can tell that she does she's not used to doing longer promos in front of live crowds like that i think she's just very soft-spoken in a way that it's almost kind of hard to hear her but what she's saying i thought is like the basis for a fucking great promo that has a lot of reality in it a lot of issues with the people make sense with the the issues that she has with other people i i know why they had to do this live here because they had to do the physicality stuff with dustin Rhodes and that aspect of it and i do agree that you know sometimes with feuds, especially for a match that I'm still very much looking forward to, you probably, if someone's not a great promo, unless you throw them a manager, it's, you're going to get stuff like this sometimes, unless you just do always pre-tapes. Um, yeah, I thought the ending was uh, screwy in that uh, Thunder Rosa, of course, turned around into a belt shot that she clearly saw was coming and like turned yeah. around to make sure that she like didn't. And I think the cameras just caught that weirdly and she reacted weirdly. But other than that, I didn't hate the segment as much as a lot of people did. No, I, I did not. I When I uh, got home last night, I did see on, my, on Twitter like a couple of comments immediately about this. And I agree with you. I did not dislike this as much as I saw a lot of other people doing. But I also get why they did. I also think the criticism, at least of the quality of the delivery of the promo is very fair. And I'm someone who you know... Like Love I Serena would probably, yeah. yeah, I would probably say Serena Deeb, if you gave me like a ballot, like five favorite wrestlers last year, either gender, she may have been in my like top three. Like that's how much I love her when the bell rings. But yeah, this, this like, like I said, great ideas. It just did not come across that well. And I think, I think you might have to just stick with the pre-taste where I think Serena actually does very well. Mm-hmm. Um, But, but, but yeah. I get I get all arguments about this. I was, but it seems like we're a bit softer on this than most online were. Um, but yeah, there. And I do I do want to emphasize your point about it. Like, you're if you're going to want to feature women a lot more on the show, sometimes you're going to have segments like this that just don't work, even if they have the best intentions and even if the content is good. I still feel like the content clicks, and I think that yes. um, it almost. I don't know. To me, I feel like Serena Deeb not being great at promos is almost, uh, for, I guess, lack of a better way to put this, fitting of everything she's saying. Uh, 
in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. You could kind of see why, especially in a promo-heavy industry and company, why she may have needed to do a lot of the extra stuff to try to get through. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, for her character, she is, I deliver in the ring. This is what I do. And, uh, and it's like... Actions but... first, words second, or third, or fourth, or fifth. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I, I like I said, I didn't hate this as much as some people. I thought the ending was wonky, but yeah. uh, was what it was. And then similar. Final... To, uh, sorry, uh, I guess a final similar to what I said about like the Young Bucks, um, Hardy thing. It's like I feel like this content would make for a fantastic Road to Double or Nothing promo video. Mm-hmm. Well, then we had finally in the main event, first time ever, Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. Which got jump started actually. Jeff Hardy mid entrance, uh, doing his Hardy dance, gets jumped by Adam Cole, and the match basically gets underway very quickly. Uh, this match, and then they went like straight into a commercial break. It was like uh, this yeah. match started, and then they were like, uh, uh, "This actual continuum, picture in picture," and then we came back with maybe like three or four minutes left. Yeah, I. I almost don't know if it's fair to really judge this or rate this segment because it's like this was so rushed that like and so much of it was in commercial that my my honest immediate reaction would be like it's like a D segment because like if you're looking forward to this match, you barely got a match. It wasn't that much of a match because they kind of didn't really see much of it at all. I'm not sure if it was really that good. Um, at least the action I saw. I, I'm not a Jeff Hardy fan. I've made that very known over the years. But yeah. like, even by that standard, it's like you. I don't know what you can really get from Jeff Hardy if you're only doing like a four minute and it's barely any, like you're barely seeing any of it. Then you have this very rushed post match stuff, where like Sting's getting involved to make a save, but then he's getting like pilmanized and I they're like running off the air. Like the I'll say this: I'd like the post match stuff mainly because uh, if it, like the match itself, I wasn't really into at all. Um, I think Jeff Hardy is a thing. I, I, I said before audio. That, uh, poo. Um, uh, no, your audio right now a D segment. Yeah, of course. Okay, here we go. So, were you sniffing your armpits? No, I was trying to dab because I wasn't I, sure I if I was so on camera just, just to iterate I was giving you shit. Um, so, Jeff, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so I feel like... Is it Someone's so asking for the robot. No, oh, no, they're, asking saying for I, the robot. they're saying I sounded robotic. I got it. Oh, yeah. sorry. Well, they got me to the robot. Go on. Uh, so, wait, wait, what's going on? Um... Oh, sorry. Uh, apparently, there's breaking news on Stephanie McMahon, uh, and that seems to be going on because I'm. Oh yeah, Stephanie McMahon taking leave of absence from WWE. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, uh, that just uh, from Fightful Select. Sean Ross Sapp's going to overtake uh, this show in a minute, probably to <laughs> talk about this. So uh, yeah, Stephanie huh. McMahon. Uh, the statement uh, that was sent out says, as of tomorrow, I'm taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus on my family, said Stephanie. Um, 
hearing that, my immediate reaction, just without hearing any statement, was like, I'm sure it's probably related to being at home and being with Triple H and family for health reasons. I, I, I imagine. Know. I don't. Uh, know. Just, I can't speculate on that, so uh, I don't. You're know you're right. It's, uh, apologies. I I probably shouldn't speculate, but that like that statement read almost exactly what I would have imagined a statement about that reading would be. I so, guess I'd say. Uh, no idea. But I will say this ending to Dynamite uh, okay. was fascinating um, because it's been a long time since like Dynamite when it first started had a lot of those like chaotic uh, uh, what's going on we gotta go folks and it's been a while yeah. since like Tony Schiavone's gotten to do that which was like the staple of like 97 Nitro of the show just being chaotic and going off the air very abruptly um, and I liked uh, aspects of this because, you know, I thought it was just going to set up uh, – that the post-match was just going to set up the Hardys and the Young Bucks. But then in runs um, the other members of the Undisputed Elite. But then out comes Darby and Sting. And I I pointed this out on Twitter today. But Darby Allen has never in any capacity faced either one of the Young Bucks – for whatever reason, since AEW's existed these last three years, they have been on like opposite sides of the globe. Like Darby has been, Darby had been involved at the start of AEW with a lot of the Cody stuff, but he had not done anything with the Young Bucks. And so when they finally, like when Darby tackled Matt Jackson, my thought immediately hit of like, have these two ever done anything? Indies, Evolve, anything? Looked it up, nothing. <laughs> and I thought. That was a combination I didn't realize I wanted to see, but all of a sudden, Darby and the Young Bucks is kind of something I do want to see. Yeah, so do you think then, especially because they kind of pilmanized Sting seemingly, I imagine to get him out of the picture for a while, do you think that there's a chance we're getting some Hardys and Darby versus the Young Bucks and somebody else, either at a pay-per-view or like a Dynamite? So that way you're I mean, not maybe, doing the, 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 I mean, the straight up the tag match? You could do uh, just like with Bobby Fish, I guess, maybe. Um, because he's he'd be the only one with nothing to do yeah. right now. Yeah, because that, that's what I figured that type of segment to end this show is. If it's not building to that, that is a very weird ending. Um, But yeah, I like but, I just. Uh, people yeah. were pointing out the one thing that we didn't notice was that. Adam Cole was not happy with the uh, the ankle crushing spot. That, really? That uh, that somebody pointed that out, and I had to go back and watch it. And sure enough, uh, Adam Cole goes to grab a chair, but right as he does, um, Kyle O'Reilly smashes Sting's ankle, and Adam Cole kind of stops and looks at it, and he's like, well, "Why did you do that?" And uh, hmm. so, I don't know. Yeah. So. If Adam Cole is having issues with the Young Bucks and maybe Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole have a match and there's even more tension between them and they're splitting them up, Tony, just have Kyle win the damn thing. Yeah, I, I have no uh, idea where any of this is going. So. No. Yeah, but I, I will say this. Even as a, not a fan of Jeff Hardy, I don't even think it's too fair to even rate a segment like this. But if you were someone, I think, that was really looking forward to a Jeff Hardy-Adam Cole match, also I think they've never wrestled before. I think you would have been very unsatisfied with this as a main event, and, I like think, how rushed it was. I think, though, that like people have to 
start to look at like Jeff Hardy for who he's been for a while, which is that he's not going to do these full long matches. Um, I was curious because of the fact that things kind of seemed really rushed. Uh, if something had run long, because the one thing that the show didn't have is a preview for next week's show. Uh, I did reach out to AEW though, to see if that was the case. And I was told it wasn't. Um, and specifically what I was told was that that was kind of the point of the Serena Deeb thing was that that was going to be the preview for next week's show and Serena Deeb cut it off. Um, so. Or what, like she forgot to say something or, no, or no, no, she that, went no, long. T- no, yeah. that's what Tony Schiavone was doing. He was previewing next week's show. Oh, and Serena Deeb came in and cut him off. Oh, okay. So okay. That's why there was no preview for next week's show. Uh, okay. That, that was... Excalibur's lungs prayed and thanked him. <laughs> so that was, I was break. told intentional uh, when I reached out for comment on that. Um, but yeah, that's Day After Dynamite. Yeah, I'd say uh, really D great on first the main half. Event, by the way, I went D on the main event. Oh yeah, yeah, really great first half. Yeah, really great first half. Lacking second half to me in some ways more than usual, in some ways not as badly as others seem to think it was, especially if with I the deep I can steal segment. one from Cam Hawkins, he said that he was pretty high on pretty much three quarters of this show. And I said, yeah, I'd say it was really just the last, the last quarter, simply because uh, Kyle and Ray Phoenix was in the second hour. So then... Yeah. I, I think about that comment myself. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a pretty fair way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, so like that last half hour really was was really where I didn't feel so into the show, but I really had a lot of fun with everything beforehand. Yeah, uh, and so, then of um, course how the show do ratings wise. Yeah, uh, I have not looked this up myself either, so this will be uh, breaking news to me. Yes, well, uh, it was up five percent. It did nine hundred and twenty-two thousand. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're back in the nine hundreds, and uh, demo was a point three three. I'm curious where that ranked. I have to pull up Show Buzz Daily, uh, and that. Aren't you so glad that site was back again? Yes. Uh, so they came in number seven behind, uh, pretty much all NBA and NHL stuff. Okay. Technically, uh, they not... did better. They did better viewership than uh, the NHL, but did not do as great in the demo. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, that I'm actually a little bit surprised that they were actually up. Um, well, maybe I shouldn't be surprised because uh, at least there wasn't an NBA game prior, like from like 7.30 to 8 yet. So I'm assuming that you you, you probably had a little bit more audience because there wasn't that competition there. Well, the uh, thing be... that AEW would want to hope for right at this moment is uh, the only way they'll have NBA competition next week is if there is a game five so if they get us so if there is a miami sweep then they can't i know right tony yeah. Khan. uh yeah. <laughs> i like i will buy a jimmy butler jersey if he gets if he wins an nba title i'm gonna i want that on record by the way right. at this point as a sixers fan i just want jimmy but i want jimmy butler to win and just make my sixers pain worse but also know that the guy who I wish was on the Sixers ended up at a better place. Yeah. Well, we've reached the end of Day After Dynamite. Thank you for being here, Anthony Scott. Thank you for having me. We finally got this coordinated and everything worked out time-wise. 
It did. Uh, anything you want to plug on your way out? Uh, just, I guess, my Twitter handle. It's just right down there where you can find other fantastic takes on everything in life, like video games, music, and wrestling. Or maybe not great takes, but takes all the they're same. They're takes. Yes. Yeah, they, they, I don't know if they're always great, but they're takes. They're, yeah, I, I, I have takes, I guess. But yeah, um, no, that, seriously, go follow Anthony Scats uh, at Anthony Scats. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it that I can think of promoting. Uh, yeah, basically just that. Um, if you like talks about video games and music, uh, gonna listen to the new Porridge Radio album when it comes out tomorrow. I'm very excited. Are you still for doing that. the Twitch thing? Uh, on and off now. I'm at a point where it's like, especially with where my life is in terms of schedule and stuff, it's probably better for me to just do it on occasion at this point. But yeah, there were a lot of times where after Dynamites, um, usually for listeners of our old show, RBR, and um, just in general, I would do like Jackbox games or even Among Us, just with the community, especially from F4W. If, sorry to name drop if that's illegal but yeah, uh or not illegal but like i didn't know if i should yeah, no, mention I that but yeah but uh, occasionally if i do a like post dynamite stream where i can just talk to some people i've gotten to know online over the years and just have a lot of laughs especially at my expense um that would be that was something i would do weekly now it's probably going to be more on fa if the schedule aligns and i feel like it and if i do i'll tweet that out and uh i have a discord for that that started many years. This was a pandemic thing that started many, or I guess many years ago, two years ago. Um, but More yeah, than one, just, it's many. Yep. Yeah. So, so if anyway, I ever do that, I'll tweet that. Follow Anthony Scats. Um, and speaking of RBR, shout out Noah in the chat. Um, but outside of that, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's here for my F1 takes. Uh, P- Pierre Gasly's eventually going to get in the top five this year. Damn it. He's too good. There. That's my F1 take. Either way, folks, that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. Thanks for joining us. For Anthony Scats, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time, and have a great night. Peace. Godspeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.